0: Can I ask you a question? You only got into the news. You didn't even get points. <laughs> 140
1: the arse. No way, you're 140 on Q.
0: Off the ball. Weekdays from 7pm on OTB Sports Radio. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. Well, Keith, we've just been commentating on Nottingham Forest one, Chelsea won. Uh, that was as poor a Chelsea performance as I've seen in a long, long time. What the hell is going on with them?
1: I'm not sure. You know, i said before, I played in games when the opposition haven't really been up to it and it affects your performance that you start dropping your levels because of them. But the first 45 minutes, Chelsea were OK. I wouldn't say they were good because they weren't. They were just OK. They two shots in 45 minutes where Forest were really, really poor in the first half. But... The second half, I'm not sure what Steve Cooper said to the Forest boys, but they just seemed to come out with a bit of fight, the bit between their teeth. They were prepared to run, they were prepared to close people down. It was like they said, if we're going to lose, let's go and lose the right way. And they brought themselves back into the game. And like you said, Nathan, if anybody was going to win that in the second half, there was only going to be Nottingham Forest to win it.
0: The stat at half time was that Thiago Silva and Koulibaly had more touches of the ball than the entire Nottingham Forest team. And, and that did sum it up because every time Chelsea got the ball midway inside the first half they just turn back and play it back to the centre halves what What was the thinking behind that
1: I'm not too sure I think like I said when when the press is that bad and you, you, you're turning back and you have an easy option to play backwards you just keep the ball because you don't want to be the one that's repeatedly losing the ball and losing the ball but some of these players are world-class players. When they come in the pitch, they need to go and risk the ball. They have to go and put balls through the eye of a needle to unlock defences, especially a Forrest team who are going to drop back into a, into a low block. And There's so many different ways to go and affect a low block, but Chelsea, they were just happy to keep the ball. And it was like Forrest said, right, we'll, we'll put you into a false sense of security. We'll let you be one nail up for a certain amount of time and then we're going to start throwing punches at you. And Chelsea just couldn't get uh, couldn't get into the race after Forrest decided they wanted to go and fight them.
0: I'll be honest, I was one of those who couldn't understand why people would question Graham Potter when he left Brighton to go to Chelsea. It's such a huge job and a huge opportunity. But when you look at that team and that eleven that he put out today, which is such a mishmash of players brought in under four, five, six different managers, he moulded that Brighton team into something brilliant. He, He looked like a man who didn't know what to do with those players today.
1: Yeah, well, look, it's, it's it's an elite club. I know he he's done really, really well at Brighton, but now Graham Potter finds himself at an elite club in Chelsea. And for me, Chelsea need to turn up and play the way they play. You know, for me, when Graham Potter was at Brighton, he was slightly reactive in his tactics, where he, he would turn up, see who X, Y, and Z were playing, and we'll go and try and play from there. With Chelsea, like, we know how Liverpool play. Liverpool are rock and roll, 100% all the way. Man City are going to keep the ball and turn the screw but we don't really know what sort of Chelsea team is going to turn up You know, are they going to go and try and beach? are they going to be possession based are they going to drop back you just don't know what you're going to get with this Chelsea team under Graham Potter and for me they've got an awful lot of attacking talents their defence has been fine at the minute but attacking wise with, with not enough goals with the talent they have on the pitch and like I said defensively they seem to have struck a decent enough balance been okay Forrest we knew Forrest Forrest I think have only failed to score once at home in the Premier League so far so you would have assumed they're going to get on the score sheet at some point today which means Chelsea have to score too but Chelsea seemed after they scored after Raheem Raheem Sterling scored just thought well that's it game over you know Forrest can't come back and like I said when the tide starts to turn it's very very hard to wrestle it back
0: There's such a lack of consistency over so many of the individuals that far predates Mm -hmm the Graham Potter era. When you look at today, it's Pulisic who starts, Kai Havertz who starts. Uh, They play well against Bournemouth, but today they do very little. Raheem Sterling has that inconsistency that wasn't really there at at Manchester City. It wouldn't have been allowed at Manchester City. And Mason Mount sparked a, a big debate after the Bournemouth game where he was excellent as to just how good is he? Like, is he at that very top tier? And the point was made, he needs to do it week in, week out. And we saw today why the question marks are there because he against a team of very limited quality in Nottingham Forest he really couldn't couldn't get himself involved in the game
1: No but I think he could throw a few of the a few of the Chelsea attackers I don't think they get into the game but Forest I think they're, they're, uh, the way they set out was quite right they they had a low block Kula Bali and Thiago Silva were allowed to keep the ball they had one or two decent passes Mount made some runs in behind in, in the, the early stages of the first half but for me you know, if you're a top class player or you want to become a top class player you know how many times have we seen Haaland not have a kick of the ball but just hit the back of the net You know, not be involved in the game Mason Mount wasn't really involved in the game maybe he was in terms of tackles and a bit of needle but in terms of actually going and making Chelsea an attacking force he couldn't find himself he couldn't get himself into it but that is down to his team as well I know it was very very congested in the middle of that pitch today but he needs to do more and for me you know, they, a lot of the Chelsea players were just I wouldn't say down and twos because I I don't like to say that about any players but I feel they when Raheem Sterling scored they thought that's it we have a one here now and they totally stepped off the gas.
0: The investment in players at Chelsea is relentless and it looks as though this January transfer window is going to be no different. They've agreed a fee with Monaco for a young French centre half, it'll be about thirty five million. They've been strongly linked with Enzo Fernandez after a brilliant World Cup, maybe up on a hundred million from Benfica. There's talk of Alexis McAllister through the Graham Potter connection. It looks as though they need a number nine. When you look at the talent that's there and the way the club is going about recruiting players. Would you actually be concerned about Graham Potter about some of those questions that were there before the World Cup when they lost three in a row? Would you worry that actually this may be the wrong job at really the wrong time?
1: I I think so. I I have to be honest. I like Graham Potter. What he did at Brighton, he, I'm a fan of his. The the way he plays football, he comes across as a really humble bloke uh, when he does his press conferences. But I, I don't see this ending well at Chelsea for him, I have to be honest. Are he going to win the Champions League? I don't think so. I think Graham Potter has already said the first time he watched or went to a Champions League game was when he managed one with Chelsea. So he he, he hasn't got the. He's not as long in the tooth as you need to be to, to be able to throw punches in the Champions League. Are he going to win the Premier League? Definitely, definitely not. Are he going to finish in the top four, top six? Possibly. Is that enough to keep your job at Chelsea? I really don't think so so I think end of the year minimum I think Ryan Potter will be out the door because like I say no trophies and finishing outside the the Champions League places at Chelsea I think it's uh, I think his days are numbered
0: Looking above Chelsea it does feel as though we're going to get ourselves a title race at Arsenal I know it's not even halfway through the season uh, but every question that's been asked of them they're answering it and last night against Brighton they were exceptional. Again, the amount of attacking talent. Uh, I, are you starting to believe a bit more that Arsenal can do this?
1: I, I'm very reluctant to say I'm starting to believe but I am. I, The questions that keep getting asked they keep answering them and I, when Jesus was uh, Got injured at the World Cup with Brazil, I thought that'll really, really hamper Arsenal because the way Jesus presses, I know Arsenal have spread their goals out a bit and there's a lot of players jumping in with Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard all scoring a decent amount of goals but I thought Jesus, the way he presses, the way he has that Man City feel of when to go and lock people in, I thought Arsenal would miss him but to be fair, I know they've only played the one game without him. But it has been really, really good. Not a lot of pe- not a lot of teams go to Brighton to score four goals. I know Brighton scored two and it could have been squeaky bum time if that third goal had been allowed, but Arsenal are really, really good. Over the guard is uh, he's really starting to surprise me. I did- I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was a goal scorer in midfielder good. I knew he could create goals, but he's actually finishing moves off as well. And you look at the likes of Granite Jacket, you know, he-, he was his days were numbered when he came off the pitch after being built by the, the crowd at the Emirates and- Everything's just seemed to click in this place at the minute for Arsenal. Look, even even if Arsenal don't win the league, if they if they fit, if they get Champions League football, for me, we're pushing in the right direction, we're doing the right things, and that would have me happy enough.
0: What are you seeing in Odegaard that excites you so much? Like are you, are you look, you know, somebody who people have been talking about since he was fourteen, fifteen years of age, and he went to Real Madrid, and you know the progression has been slow, but he's got there now. Like, are you, are you looking at the best midfielder in the Premier League right
1: now? I think he's getting there he's definitely one of, the, one of the best young midfielders in the Premier League anyway it's, it's his calmness on the ball you know you give it to him when there's three or four players around him he'll take one or two touches bop it off and the one thing that he's brought to his game this season is he, he's ending up in the box sort of like a Frank Lampard toward man runs he just ends up there and he's hitting the back of the net and any player who is confident in the ball, will take it anywhere, can give you his assists and will get a couple of goals. I mean, if I were to guard, I think he's six or seven goals now this season. If he can reach double figures and then you can begin to bank on him to reach double figures every season, Arsenal become a real, real player then in, in the Champions League football, never mind for the race of the Premier League.
0: The other side of it is what will happen with Manchester City where you have Erling Haaland breaking every record under the sun. But aside from Haaland, it doesn't feel as though City are anywhere near where they were over the last couple of years. Defensively, they have quite a few injuries. Uh, they look a bit more brittle. None of the midfielders have really come to life. Uh, you know, Kinsella, who was arguably one of their best players in the last couple of years, not always in the team. Phil Foden, not hitting the same heights as last season. Would you have, would you have any doubts about City's ability to go and get that 95, 96 points that they generally take for granted?
1: I think the total will be a lot lower this year to win the league but I can't see past it they're like, they're like the second favourite horse in the race that you know has the to, has to pedigree they've done the course they've done the distance you're just waiting for them to catch fire at some point point. and I know Halland has scored 21 goals in 15 games ridiculous ridiculous uh, stats he's putting up but you see how important Kevin De Bruyne was yesterday he didn't have his best game and city really really did come off and Halland got involved in a physical battle with, with a couple of the everton center halves and let's not forget everton weren't great in the game there was that one finish from Damari gray which was super super finish mm. but if they hadn't had that one moment in the game it would have been an easy enough game for for manchester city so look I think city will still win it i think they'll win it at a canter i think they'll uh, they'll they've another three or four gears to go they'll slightly go up through them and, and they'll They'll win the league, but Arsenal, like all the questions, they're they're getting asked, they're answering, and look at Newcastle as well. They're going to be in and around the mix, and I expect United to keep improving, and we still expect Liverpool to come up up uh, up against the rear as well.
0: Was there anything in what Everton did yesterday that other teams can learn from about playing Haaland and De Bruyne in the way that they did get under their skin? Like I've never seen Haaland so far. In a Premier League game, react the way he did yesterday. Like he, you know, one incredibly rash challenge where he threw himself through the air, almost out of the big old scrap. Seemed to constantly be in the ear of the Everton centre half. Like seemed seemed yeah. maybe rattled for the first time.
1: Yeah, he did, and like you said, we haven't seen that a lot from We usually, <clears throat> Halland. The one thing with Halland is because he's so young, he's still prepared to just stay away from the game. He'll he'll go and occupy the two centre halves. If he doesn't kick the ball, he doesn't care because he'll be there to put it in the back of the net but he seemed to want the physical battle he seemed when Godfrey uh, trod on his Achilles in the first few seconds he was, on, he was on Godfrey's back then for the whole whole game and in the end look everything go and, go and get a draw so I, I think there might be a couple of more teams that come to the come to the Etihad and say listen why don't we try and rough uh, Erling Handland up a bit look Haaland wasn't great I know he scored a goal he wasn't great De Bruyne wasn't great Cancelo will come off the bench and go into the starting lineup. I do think City will just keep getting better and better but can you rough up Haaland I've always been one of them players when I play against a great player I just leave him alone and hope he gets disinterested for me (laughs) How'd that go for you? (laughs) Not well not well there's two sides of the coin you know you leave him alone he goes and scores if you wind him up he goes and scores either way so yeah I don't know I think we will see a little bit more of it though uh, the the winding up tactics Uh,
0: An interesting weekend from an Irish point of view as well Evan Ferguson getting his first ever Premier League goal Uh, first of many we hope he's been talked about for well I say many years uh, at 18, what, four years since he made his debut for Bohemians at 14. He's been around that Brighton squad for well over a year now. Uh, like, we're all going to get carried away, as we tend to do. And there's the Aaron Connolly example of he didn't kick on. Where do you, where do you stand on uh, Ferguson? And I guess, can he make an impact on the Premier League? Does he need to go out and loan? And where all that fits in with Ireland?
1: I think he can make an impact I don't think he'll go out on loan I think getting the goal against Arsenal uh, will give him all sorts of confidence it wasn't the most uh, pretty goal on the eye but he puts Saliba under a lot of pressure he has the willingness to run in behind and uh, the one thing that I take from it as well is I thought Brighton were better when he was leading the line for them when he came on he seemed energetic and he was built like a man Saliba is a very very good centre-half and Ferguson to be able to just go and have a physical battle with him is, is a lot easier said than done so He's a great shape, good physical size. He can hit the back of the net. He's decent in the air. He has all the attributes to go and make himself a really good footballer. And the, the promising thing that we spoke about before is Graham Potter obviously liked him and you're thinking, you know, maybe it's just a manager that likes him. But the Zerbies come in and he fancies him as well. So he obviously has a lot of talent.
0: Great stuff, Keith. Cheers. Football on
1: Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier
0: League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.